As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, Jersey. Oh, sorry, guys. I just had to wake myself up some way, one way or the other. Mm. I just—it's been a long week, and it is Thursday still. So I'm a little, a little face slap, a little, a little shaking of the jowls, and that's how we're gonna get into this episode of Times Ours. We're all here, and it's not like there's been a bunch of football stuff happening. We watched, <laughs> we all saw the Super Bowl. It was fine, you know. It was all right. Good, congratulations, Rams. We're not talking about you at all. No actual cheese moves have happened, and yet somehow this has been just a really long stretch around the Kansas City Chiefs. So thanks for being here for this episode of Times Ours. I hope that uh, I hope that intro didn't clip in everybody's headphones. I'm Joshua Briscoe, Nate Taylor, Seth Kaiser. We're all here. Nate, how you feeling? Josh, we could talk about whether Matthew Stafford one day will wear a gold jacket in public. <laughs> Or we could talk about the whereabouts of a website that I had never visited until yesterday. <laughs> Seth Again, Quick I, is Matt Stafford a Hall of Famer. The whereabouts. <laughs> should we should we talk about whether or not uh you know, and this is this is mean to someone that I actually really like. Should we talk about whether Joe Burrow has the belt? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. My top, here's my top five quarterbacks in the AFC right now. It's Joe Burrow one, Josh Allen two. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Uh, Trevor Lawrence three, Zach Wilson four, and then uh, Lamar but Jackson five. What about five, Mac actually. Jones? Yeah, Mac Jones is six. Mac Jones is six. <laughs> <sighs> we we miss. Look, look. We miss you guys. We hope. Yeah, I you love all, this show. We we hope you missed us. It's it's been a well of a time. Um. Look, <laughs> who, who I don't think this show. Hopefully, they're on Twitter <laughs> enough to know what we're talking about. You know what? It's, you know what, Nate? I really was going to let you handle this because I really do think you're the voice people should hear from here. But also, I want to go ahead and say it. I don't think Matt Stafford's a Hall of Famer if he retired today. Okay, and like I just, I know it's bold and brave of me to say that, but I just, you know, I don't think, I don't think one Super Bowl changes that for him. That's fair. Yeah, but I mean, how many, how many postseason? Victories does does Megatron have on his on his Hall of Fame jacket? Oh gosh, <laughs> you know, I look. Okay, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. I <laughs> go have for to... it. Go yeah, for no, it. Go so, ahead, man. No, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What so do you think? I, I understand that recency bias is a real thing, and I understand that we're going to go off of, you know, results, wins, losses at times. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I, the, the way the conversation occurs, Stafford on the current track, he's going to end up with a ton of cumulative stats. Yep. Uh, and he's been, a, he's been a very good quarterback. <laughs> and being a very good quarterback for a very long time – can get you in the conversation, right? I mean, Phil Rivers is in the conversation. Um, I think Stafford needs to do a little bit more, but but we'll see. I, what I can't the, the the Joe Burrow conversation. Can I be real <laughs> honest? Now that we're a couple weeks removed, sure, yeah, sure. This man, is the sure. biggest thing that frustrated me about the Chiefs losing the AFC Championship. And this is dumb and it's selfish because it is all about how it affects me. But I knew this discourse would happen, and I knew it would set back the way we talk about quarterbacks. By like five years. Um, I like Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is a good quarterback. Um, Here's the question that I would ask anyone. Who do you think is more important to that offense? Joe Burrow or Jamar Chase? And if the answer is a wide receiver, he's not a top five quarterback. And But but, but Seth, he he ran by Jalen Ramsey. He did. Multiple (laughs) times. Hey, 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 Seth. The eye oh. of the sky doesn't lie. My man was open. He was. And that he was, was wide open. Man, Aaron wide Donald open. being inhuman. There, there's that, that whole Super Bowl is a really strong conversation for in the aggregate, maybe coverage is a little more impactful over the course of an entire season. But man, in the playoffs, pass rush is like it yeah. is it. You know, that, like you you, yes. you pat, rush the passer, those games end. Yep, that that's the. Um, I know we're way getting ahead of ourselves here, but that no, that, this is good. I think we should do performance art and never talk about the thing in this episode. That was the true biggest takeaway, I believe, Seth. Um, that is within the context of the Chiefs' upcoming offseason. Um, since Brett Veach said, mm-hmm. "Hey, we need to improve the defensive line," similar to what the team did a year ago with the offensive line, and then you see. Um, one team sacked the quarterback nine times and the team that won the Super Bowl sacked the same quarterback seven times. Mm-hmm. And you could honestly say eight because the game ended basically on a sack. It's just, mm-hmm. he, he skipped the ball into the ground instead of, <laughs> instead of, instead of eating it. Uh, so let's give him seven and a half. Uh, and your team got one sack mm-hmm. <laughs> against the same quarterback. So... Yeah, coverage matters. It's really important. But um, whether it's the Rams, the Buccaneers, or 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 the Chiefs from 2019, hey, pass mm. rush, pass rush is kind of important. Kind of, kind of make or breakish. Uh, here's here's my last thing is that I saw someone on Twitter. Sorry for never knowing who said things on Twitter. I don't retain very much information. They said <laughs> we should start calling the quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams Stat Padford. Ooh, and that just really—I don't think that's fair. I just think it's really funny. It is. It's both of those things. It's not even a little fair to poor Matt Stafford, but it is funny. (laughs) It's just very funny. Uh, Like you know, it's not fair that we all got off our fifty cent look like a full dollar bill jokes. You know, that's not fair either. But it was funny. Also, someone someone tweeted out. Someone tweeted afterwards. It's like, look. All, all you people in your 30s making jokes, none of y'all look the same either, and that hit me hard. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man, I, I wonder if I've put on more weight than Fiddy. <laughs> like, well, we've all been and, hit and by inflation, least, yeah. And at least, yeah, we've all been hit by inflation. Um, 
at least he's still got muscles, which by the way, so Josh, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, and we're we're all over the place today. I apologize. I'm not apologizing. I'm not. I'm going to ask you to step aside for just a second. Oh, Um, Nate, how old are you, my friend? (sighs) Ladies and gentlemen, I am a smooth 34. 34. That's what I thought. I know I, I know I'm the elder statesman, but I didn't think it was by too many years. So Josh, I'm gonna need you to step aside while a couple of old millennials. Some old heads. Elder elder millennials. Yeah. About the Super Bowl halftime show being just tremendous. I sat in my living room by myself because I don't remember. Jazz was I think at church with the kids or something, which is appropriate because I was like, ah, I can't let the kids see who I really am. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were, your mom's spaghetti. I did not, I, I did not expect it. I don't listen to, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a Baptist. I listen to like hymns. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a boring dude. You don't even I know, forgot, you don't even know Dr. Dre. I'm going to use vernacular that isn't even in anymore because that's how unhip I am. I forgot how much, Lose yourself, slaps. <laughs> like I was sitting there, like, wow, wow, Doctor J- Man, Snoop Dogg is good at rapping. Whoa, <laughs> you just—I was transported. So Nate, I had to ask you, my fellow elder millennial, mm-hmm. did you have as much fun watching that halftime show as I did? Uh, of course I did. You know, <laughs> uh, it's like the way they let the music build. Yes. Yeah. That's that's what that's what gets in your heart, ladies yes. and gentlemen. Uh, you know, screaming mom spaghetti in your living room <laughs> is just <laughs> incredible. <laughs> and my six-year-old son having no contextual yeah, knowledge. <laughs> yep, and that's the moment everyone screamed too. It's mom spaghetti. It was, was like what? now I now I I did not read upon you know obviously I knew what the set was, but I didn't know. Like fifty cents was like a late arrival or a late add-in. Mm-hmm. So part of me was like, "Is that fifty? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I loved my favorite part. Honestly, was the Kendrick Lamar because uh, I oh, wasn't. Oh man, he was. Great. So hold on, Nate. I do hate to cut you off again. So Seth Kendrick Lamar is a popular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who was that young man? He was terrific. <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't sure what song he was going to pick. Because yeah. I thought he had the most variation as to what to choose from. Um, <laughs> and so, like, because you knew what you were going to get from Dre. You knew what you were going to get from Snoop. Um, God bless Mary J. Bly. Just, oh, I mean, it. Oh. I forgot. I forgot how great. Because they, they played No More Drama approximately 100 quadrillion times on the radio. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I'll, I'll admit, I got sick of it. At that point in time, but then, but then, when it comes when it comes around on the other side, oh, it was just home. tremendous. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it it was it was a great show. Um, I now what I would have wanted, which would have extended it, which maybe people are like, who cares? We would have watched a quarter yeah. of that and less <laughs> of less of the the third quarter, ladies and gentlemen. Once we got past the, he didn't just face mask this man. <laughs> Caught a touchdown. <laughs> that was the funniest touchdown I've seen. Jalen Ramsey's like, what? <laughs> what? I can't even focus on your guys' jokes about the game because I'm so interested in what Nate's about to say because I might be the same thing. I'm just hoping. I'm holding out hope. So outside of that one snap and 
Oh, my poor, my poor man who was like, hey, coach, who am I going in for? OB- OBJ? Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm running an OBJ dig? Coach, I'm not OBJ. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> coach, it's a Super Bowl. Coach. Even I know. Even I know I ain't going to be running these OBJ digs through OBJ way. And coach, coach. Oh, <laughs> is there no one else, coach? <laughs> So after those two plays, the third quarter was abomination. Mm-hmm. So the thing that I was like stunned by, and my dad recognized the talent immediately, even though he has no idea who this person is. Yes, yes, was was Anderson. Yes! Oh, Anderson yes! Fox. This is the right answer on the drums. And yes! I was like, just hand this man a microphone. Just give, please, just let give, just let him do one yes loud, just once. To that alone, I would have <laughs> been, I would have been happy. Just give him the microphone. Um, <laughs> yes. So basically, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the one recommendation for me and Joshua Briscoe is to check out an artist named Anderson Pack, who's excellent, terrific, wonderful. He does not have a bad album, but he's hey. not at the level of Kendrick Lamar. Eminem, Mary J. Bly. <laughs> like, he ain't got there yet, but he'll be there one day. But he was on a, the drums, and that's an absurd ensemble. I have a I have a weird flex, and then something I just want to know if you've heard, Nate. One is that I, I was uh, familiarized with Anderson Pack's music because I saw him. He was opening up for the rapper slash, like, poet Watsky at a show it, in Lawrence in 2016. I just found the date. Wow. He was opening and playing drums for Watsky. That's how I found out about him. I was there for the Watsky show. Google a picture of Watsky, and you won't be surprised that that's, you know, that that's an artist <laughs> I'm going to give my money to multiple times. Will not catch you by surprise. I called him a rapper slash poet. That's just where I'm at. <laughs> but he was obviously phenomenal and, and playing drums for him there. I've, I've been on the train since then. Here's my question for you is have you heard what Bomani Jones has said about mm-hmm. the Silk Sonic project? Mm-hmm. Wrong man was in charge. Mm-hmm. Wrong um, guy was in charge. But it but it makes sense because if you're trying to make popular music, one guy is more of the popular music vein, yep. which is why he was given control over the album. Yep. Just, so, just ended up musically, just ended up being the wrong the wrong guy. Now look, there are several tracks that I enjoy. I still will will die on the hill of there was no better song made. In 2021, then leave the door open. Totally fair. Have you Fine heard with that? This ha, have, have you heard that song? Are you asking Seth? me or Seth? I Seth. have. I was wondering. Don't stop it. <laughs> you know I have it. Well, maybe I have actually. I have no idea. Every now and then, I hear a song, and I'm like, "Wow, that's a great song." Because you know, I, I yeah. live my life. I go out in public places sometimes. <laughs> um, leave the door. Leave the door open. Is the is is a you just. I'm sorry. There's there wasn't a better song that was put out into the world, in a, I guess from American music uh, last year. There just wasn't. I'm sorry, ladies. I'm and sipping wine in a robe, Seth. Nothing. None I, of it. <laughs> you mean devil juice? Oh, you got plans? <laughs> no, I, I'm. I probably know it. I've been spending this whole time just. <laughs> Does the phrase smooth like a newborn mean anything? <laughs> <laughs> Like um, I mean, that I need to consider felony charges? <laughs> oh, man, he's freshly shaved, dude. He's just shaved. Oh. No, I, I'm, I'm an old. I, 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 and I, I readily embrace it. But that was, that was a, that was a <sighs> passing of the torch halftime so show in a way, in a weird way. Mm-hmm. 
because and, and someone tweeted this out with the that, whole was like, that was that the Mendoza line? We over it yep, now? We, yep. <laughs> we passed the Mendoza line because someone really like I mean whoever tweeted this just nailed the thoughts like oh man I'm so glad that they're not you know little Springsteen or some of these old names. <laughs> hey, and then you did some math. Yep, and then you're like okay, lose yourself. 2002. Wait, oh. wait. And like it was, it was a rough moment for me. But I was so distracted by the fact that when they allowed Eminem to start off with the chorus for "Forgot About Dre," and I was like, "Oh man, that that's a great verse." They're gonna. Then I started remembering that verse. I was like, "They're not gonna let him rap that, are they?" Because <laughs> like I started, I was like, "There's a lot there he can't say, <laughs> like a lot, a lot." So then I was filled with like, I was kind of excited to see what would happen, honestly. <laughs> So it was a lot of fun, a, a terrifying realization, and yeah, it was it was a really good show. And poor Fifty, I mean, I, I'm curious how long they had him dangling upside down. Dude, so, did not, so he didn't look well. So did my <laughs> sister-in-law Emily Wright. Emily was like, "Did they do that during like rehearsal? Did did like what was the weight restrictions? Like, like who? Like how?" Like how was he like that from the moment the stage was put up? He got, like, he got there in the second quarter. He was, yeah, yeah, he was gonna he was gonna go full and I, I know this Joshua yes. Landis I can't remember what unit he was gonna go full Schmidt from New Girl where yes. he's dangling upside down and he passes out waiting for CC to wake they, up. Yes, which is they, one of the funniest scenes. They I've actually ever seen. he was hanging upside down when they rolled the set out there. They just strapped him up onto the bar <laughs> with, halfway through the second quarter. And then rolled the whole house out there. <laughs> Can't you just picture him being like, guys, I don't know if this is a good idea. No, no, Curtis, you can be all right, man. Come on. Come on, let's just get Curtis. <laughs> hey, no, Curtis, it's fine. Curtis. <laughs> oh. Just, I mean, but you guys but yeah. wanted us to talk about Eric B. Enemy for the first 15 minutes of this podcast. Ah. You don't know what's good for you. We'll tell you what's good for you. Hey, hey, that was, that was, hey, that, that 15 minutes. Was like the fifteen play script. You didn't see it coming, but 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 we we matriculated that ball now, didn't we? Yep. And everything from the sixteen minute mark on, Eric Bieniemy contractually has to dictate. So I just think it's important that we all respect that. I, I, uh, Nate's the one people want to hear from. Yes. Okay, all yep. right, all right, yep. all right, all right. Yep. So I'm going to give these people uh, respect. They were called the Chiefs Kingdom editorial board. Uh, they put out a riveting piece of material. Uh, is that is that a fine way of saying it, fellas? Yeah, I found it riveting. Okay, a, a riveting piece of material. Um, one of so my was the bi- Great Gatsby. You know, I mean, well, yeah. When you, when you, okay, I agree to disagree on that. What are we I doing? just had to pick a famous literary work <laughs> yeah, of fiction. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, joke. the difference was we know who wrote that, Josh. <laughs> yeah, and this and this Gosh. was written by Go F Yourself Scott Fitzgerald. I, I I I don't know who wrote this. That's not my message to them. That's what I'm assuming their message was to. It was fun. It was F Scott Fitzgerald, guys. Uh, don't worry about yep. it. Yep. So yep. I'm, I I'm I don't like the editorial board of Chiefs Kingdom could be two people, could be eight. I don't know. One of the biggest things that I despise, uh, given the profession that I have, is when someone wants to write something that they want to be relevant, to be uh, discussed, to be sort of consumed at a high level is like just not just not putting their name on it. But look, uh, it was titled How a Season-Long Rift Between Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy Ruined the AOC Championship. Um, <sighs> there were small details that weren't accurate. 
there were bigger details that we will discuss in a few minutes. But here's the actual news that I can provide you. As of yesterday, which was Wednesday, I was told that Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid would meet either yesterday or what I'm led to believe as of right now, they have met today on Thursday, February 17th, in our Lord and Savior's 2022. <laughs> now, um, everyone, as I've said before in terms of my Kafka, he was going to be an offensive coordinator at some point. Uh, Eric Bieniemy not being a head coach right now has screwed up the Chiefs' plan. Uh when the Giants pursued Mike Kafka to be their OC, it was clear to Mike Kafka at that time that the odds of Eric Bieniemy becoming a head coach were small, which meant he would have to wait another year to have his own chance to call some plays. Because Mike Kafka has influence. He has some say. It is a collaborative manner. Um, but he does not have the play sheet. He ain't on the headset. He ain't mm-hmm. relaying a play call to a quarterback. So he will do that with the New York Giants, and we wish him the best of luck of him turning Danny Dimes into actually Danny Dimes. Now, for Bienemy's sake, uh, as I reported, I guess, a week and a half ago, or maybe a week ago, I can't remember, but uh, the expectation at that time was that Eric Bienemy, with him not receiving the offer to become the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, he would return to the Chiefs as their offensive coordinator on yet another one-year deal. Uh, On Sunday, Adam Schefter reported that there was going to be a meeting that I am telling you is occurring as I'm talking into this microphone. Man, we're going to get news as soon as we're done. Yep, that Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid were going to discuss the possibilities of their futures together. What that ultimately means is, is that Andy Reid wants Eric Bieniemy. Andy Reid plans on having Eric Bieniemy as his offensive coordinator. I think as of right now, the decision comes down to what does Eric Bieniemy feel comfortable with, um, and it's not because of any friction between him and the franchise quarterback. And I hate to raise my voice in this manner, but this is patently absurd. Uh, and can I can I just? Stop you real quick, Nate. Sure. Just point out to people who listen to this podcast that we all have an intrinsic tendency to be skeptical of what we hear from certain sources and to want to believe certain things. And because of that combination of things, there are certain things that are going to appeal to what we want to hear. And thus, based solely on that, will seem more believable to us because it appeals to our preconceived notions. And I would just note for anyone listening to this right now, keep in mind the person to whom I am speaking, who is speaking into your ear holes, is someone who broke multiple things, has broken multiple little tidbits here and there that aren't anywhere else. And and this is just, Nate, I don't know. I know you don't need me to defend your bona fides, but I know exactly what people will do with this type. Well, you know, they're just circling the wagons and protecting their sources and all that stuff. I would just note that when everyone in the world was was writing, well, the Chiefs are releasing Kareem Hunt. We, we kind of know what happened. Not really. You wrote like a 5,000 word article with details that literally no one else had. And I just want people to keep that in mind because I think everyone wants so badly to believe certain things, i.e. that 
there's some insidious reason that Patrick Mahomes played a bad half of football. And not, and we don't want to credit the Cincinnati Bengals for making a adjustment, any adjustment, because they were was, giving up a thousand yards every drive. They were. It was bad. <laughs> guys, and, and, guys. So four sorry, drives, just, yeah. three touchdowns, one yard line. Like what? What? what yeah. Like the drive ended because of time, not because of anything <laughs> the Bengals did. Yeah. Like that is true. you take time off the table, they're scoring there. Yes. I just want. I'm sorry to interrupt you. But no, I just no, no. You're to fine. Remind people, as you like raise your voice, I can just picture people being like, "Oh, he's just one of them." No, no. No, 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 he's this, not. I'm a journalist. I try to live within reality based on the facts and the context that I have at my disposal. And I'm trying to, you know, disseminate it in a clear manner, which I'm not certain that this piece of material did that, which mm. explains how hard it is to to do this job, to do this profession at a high level to where people will trust your credibility. And again, there's a reason why people learn these things and then are taught them and then they apply them. And then you hope that like, Oh, that's how someone becomes an expertise at whatever it is. It, it does not happen. Um, it's rare that it happens in this particular manner. I'm trying to be as respectful as I can because I don't even know who the person is that wrote this thing. Okay. Like, so right. it's, it's tough and that's what the internet provides. And there's a level of, um, I won't say secrecy, but there's a level of comfort there for that individual. Um, and that's what they've chosen to do. Um, and that's their choice. But guys, if Andy Reid didn't want Eric Bieniemy back, he would not like they would be searching for an offensive coordinator, at least right. in a more public format as of right now. Um, and look, there's, you know, there's a legit discussion to be had off the back end of this as to what you do with Matt Nagy and him potential, you know, him potentially having a chance to return to the organization in some capacity. Um, you know, and I know people are eager to sort of get to that. Um, but all these things have, you know, th there's procedures to this stuff. Obviously I've known people within the organization for, I guess, close to five years now. Um, but this is a question that comes down to, are we witnessing something that is extremely rare in the NFL? Josh, is that a yes or no answer? Which I'm sorry, which part of it is this extreme? This is this is this is this situation extremely rare within the NFL context of a of a coaching staff offseason, you know, moves or or retention? We, we see shuffling around of coaching all the time. This story has gotten weird. I don't know if that that might not have been a good yes or no answer. Though. Yeah, no, no, no. It's totally it's it, that's totally fine. I'm just saying that in my in my years of covering professional sports, both in the NFL and other sports, this is the weirdest I've seen a coaching situation. Yes, come to or at a point that we've arrived at. Um, and when was the last time Andy Reid had an offensive coordinator for four years? It hasn't happened in Kansas City ever. Yes, and um. Eric Bieniemy is one of the longest tenured offensive coordinators in the league as we are talking right now. On also, maybe, the, again, you can split your credit among Mahomes and Andy Reid as you wish, on the hottest streak that an offensive coordinator has maybe ever had like for, for an offense for a four-year period. It's hard, it's hard to do better than they've done over four, a four-year stretch as an offense. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, let me try to keep this, you know, as factually as I can uh, based on what I've said earlier. Uh, 
Eric Bieniemy, as of right now, is still the offensive coordinator, even though he does not have a contract. Now, uh, he can sign another one-year deal, and they can go through this whole process at this time next year if he does not become a head coach. Now, Bieniemy and the Chiefs can decide to part ways, which is definitely an option that is still on the table, um, which will then lead to Andy Reid having to find a new pass game coordinator, offensive coordinator, and quarterback um, assistant because I think Andy Reid wants to have as many legitimate quality voices and coaches as a part of his offensive staff, especially if there's little continuity uh, with Eric Bieniemy moving on. Again, what I reported about 10 days ago or so was that the expectation at that time was that Eric Bieniemy would be back for another one-year deal. Um, that is still a possibility. One thing that I would try to get people to understand is you have to think about it from everyone's perspective, not just Andy's, not just Eric's, not just Patrick's. Um, Travis Kelsey, I believe, said during Super Bowl week that, um, which is what he's told me before in, in on the record, off the record stuff, just like Eric Bieniemy is immensely important. Um, let's not forget the fact today that Tyreek Hill um, responded to this piece of material by saying that Eric Bieniemy is one of the best coaches in the building. Um, mm-hmm. I wrote in my mailbag last week that players love him, including Patrick Mahomes. So you can argue with somebody. You can have a um, disagreement with how a certain situation went in an important football game, but you can still love them and continue to work with them or, or find the situation to not be as dire as this piece of material suggested. Um, but lastly, from Eric Bieniemy's perspective, he has one of the best jobs in the NFL. And I don't know how people are forgetting that or not willing to acknowledge that. As the offensive coordinator of an Andy Reid offense that is quarterbacked by Patrick Mahomes that has future Hall of Famers such as Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and the success that Josh has mentioned earlier, Eric Bieniemy has a better job than a third of the NFL head coaches right now. And mm-hmm. so it is not the prestige, it is not the power. It is not the ability to lead men the way he would like. But in the conversations I've had with people, everybody has to remind themselves that as long as Eric Bimmy wants to continue coaching, he has a better job than Dan Campbell, period. Now, Dan Campbell has a better impact on the future of the Detroit Lions. I can't argue that. But in terms of the success rate, and what the job entails, sometimes it's it's okay for fans to have to realize that sometimes it's better to be a coordinator than to be a head coach. And if they're not offering you the chance to be a head coach, well, continue to have success with the job that you are given. Um, and so it would be surprising to me, to some degree, if the Chiefs had to move on from Eric Bieniemy. But that also might be Eric Bieniemy's decision, which people should respect. And also, I'm sure the Chiefs will if that becomes the case. Um, But this, I don't know, for a team that was in the AFC Championship for the fourth straight year in their home stadium for the fourth straight year, something that has never happened in NFL history before, um, it's, we have to be willing, and this is just a life lesson or, or something that I want to tell our listeners, but like, it's okay to see the picture from as many objective ways as you can and also stating facts over conjecture or, or opinion. 
But Eric Bieniemy has one of the best jobs in the NFL, and that can continue for another year, which the Chiefs would like, based on every conversation I've had with people within the organization. And it's much about how does Eric Bieniemy want to move forward with his career because he's at a true pivotal point, you could call it. Um, but Andy Reid respects Eric Bieniemy and has been frustrated to its wit that he hasn't been given a head coaching job. Uh, but I don't know. Is there anything else I can say, fellas, that that does not provide reporting context and hopefully uh, some objectiveness to this that that uh, that that I guess that, that I guess had everybody in a tizzy for less than 24 hours. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I know. I learned some things in in your monologue there. So I I feel pretty good about that. I, I think that what you have laid out there is to say that if Eric bien I don't want to put words in your mouth, but if Eric bien is not the Chiefs offensive coordinator next year or by the time people are hearing this podcast, it will inevitably be uh, published right before we get some news. That it will be because that's what Eric Bieniemy believes to be best, not because Andy Reid is tired of Eric Bieniemy, not because Patrick Mahomes has a feud with Eric Bieniemy, not because there was a confrontation at halftime. Is that fair? There might have been a confrontation at halftime. Sure. I oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there might have been, but that's that. Guys, how many days has it been since the AFC Championship game? Like you're supposed, like you're for, like the league forces you to move on in such a way, especially when an off season begins. That that can't be part of the evaluation process with a player, coach, hell, even the assistant uh, athletic trainer. Like you can't. You, uh, it would be unwise to operate in that sort of Look, uh, thought process. We've seen Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels scream at each other. Travis Kelsey shoved Eric Bieniemy on the sideline. They won the Super Bowl like four months later. Yeah, and, and and one of the people that he gave a big bear hug to was Bienemy. Yes, I mean, look, I, I I understand that sports aren't the same at all levels. Obviously, right? In in the pros, things are obviously very very different. But I can't think of any team I was ever on, and I didn't play that long. I only played in high school. Only played basketball, um, where you didn't end up with some tension at times. And I, based on everyone I've ever talked to that's played at the pro level, um, I mean, they're coworkers and sometimes they're not going to get along and maybe your coworkers aren't always people you're going to hang out with. And I'm not saying any of this is true about Mahomes and the enemy, right? Um, but it, it means that sometimes you're going to fight sometimes. I mean, crud, I literally today, as we record this, I almost got into a shouting match with a coworker over a way to proceed on a child protection case. That happens. And so I think people really, really, really want to, like you said, Nate, they want to not give Cincinnati credit. They want to have answers for a bad half of pla- pa- a bad half of play from Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And they're mad because the Chiefs didn't make the Super Bowl. I get it. They should have won that game. I've rewatched that game like five times now, most recently to review Orlando Brown snaps. They should have won that game. I think they were the better team. But hey, Cincy beat them twice in a month. Good for Cincy. Maybe they just matched up poorly against Cincy. Maybe Cincy had a really good defensive game plan. Those things can all be true. And sometimes it's just really, 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 really hard to make the Super Bowl three years in a row. Because sometimes you just don't have it. And by the time you're in the AFC Championship, you're playing a really good team. And if you don't have it, we talked about it all season, right? And this is maybe why it bugs me is all season, we talked about the fact that the Chiefs were a really, really good team with consistency issues and how that could really hurt them in the playoffs. 
then that happened and everyone's like, wow, we need answers. It's like that. It's exactly what they were all season. You know what they, I mean, we just saw it a few weeks earlier against the Steelers. They were a really good, really inconsistent team, except in this game, two things were different. They stunk in the second half on offense instead of the first quarter. They stunk a little longer, and they stunk against the Bengals instead of the Steelers. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's just how it – That and so, hey, let's talk about revamping the offense. Let's talk about figuring out some things. But that it's not like this is the first time we've seen something like this. They've been inconsistent all season. And I think people so badly want there to be some underlying thing that's fixable, right? Yes. Because if Eric Bien-Ami's yep. the big bad, well, it, well, it looks like he might be on his way out. So if he's the big bad, oh, yay, we're saved and we're back to everything. And, and oh, Andy Reid's the only one calling plays during the script. But then everything else isn't Andy Reid. And, and that's why it's so much better because it's all these answers. And, and I would just tell people this is just my advice. Anytime you read or hear something that's exactly what you want to read or hear, maybe be a little bit skeptical. So that's just that's just my thought. Yeah, the the last thing I'll say is let's let's discuss this and think of this um use this exercise to sort of think about how you would represent Eric Bienemy as of right now. If you were his agent, if you were his wife, um, if you were someone who was in his ear to sort of discuss what was moving forward, that was not a part of the Chiefs organization, which I want to make that distinction clear. Um, an objective way of saying this is that, or, or just objective facts, like you have one of the best coaching jobs in football. Uh, you have not been hired to be a head coach, even though you're one of the most qualified candidates for becoming a first-time head coach. Um how do you see yourself moving forward? Do you like the people you work with? Do they like you? Is there a way to get more responsibility? Which I think is hilarious as I ask that question because it's one that that is that is legitimate, right? Like, where can you move in your career and also do it in a manner that you feel comfortable with? As being that person. Um, and look, we've seen a coach who was a head coach deal with frustration and file a lawsuit against the entire NFL. And that person actually got the opportunity that Eric Bieniemy has worked to earn for four years now. So just think about it from that context. Um and try to see it from his vantage point, uh, him being Eric Bieniemy, and then also know too that like the Chiefs have done nothing wrong. I think that's the silliest thing. Um, not the silliest. That's my. That might be the most underrated part of all of this, fellas. Have the Chiefs done anything wrong to Eric Bieniemy? Oh no. Have Have the players done anything wrong to this man? No, they've every everybody at every level in this organization has. I think Clark Hunt has said publicly, "Someone please hire this guy." Yes, Clark Hunt tried to tell <laughs> Jerry Jones, "Hey, you might want to consider Eric Bieniemy." The Cowboys didn't interview Eric Bieniemy. This is just these are the facts that I could present you as a journalist um, that I hope you trust, and and obviously we appreciate you coming here to listen or the Athletic to read, but. Um, the Chiefs have done nothing wrong, but it's it's just it's um 
trying to be really respectful. The the intriguing piece of material would lead you to believe that that's not the case when the Chiefs have done nothing wrong at this point. And the Chiefs would like to have Eric Bieniemy services for the upcoming season because they understand, and I've written this, they've understood his value to the organization perhaps more than any other team in the NFL. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nate, you are a respectful and respectable journalist, and I am not. So I will be a little bit less of all those things, just real quick, because I don't, I don't necessarily want to spend a lot of time on this, but it's something that's really been stuck in my craw today, especially. If you are going to put something out onto the internet as a bombshell piece of journalism that has transcribed conversations from the sidelines and details in it that that you would have to think, well, for this to be true, they, they've got to have all the receipts, right? If you are going to present that, but also have some things that within minutes are objectively proven untrue by other people with something to lose in terms of like their name or reputation, you've done a disservice to the people reading your piece because it you put the burden of responsibility and the burden of the discernment on readers who you're supposed to be serving in that instance. Right. You you can take information and, and you can do it objectively, right? You can say, here are some facts that I know reporting over here. Here's some facts I know over here reporting. And you don't have to connect the dots for the reader. You, letting a reader connect their own dots is a, a great thing to do in objective reporting. Also, if you want to write a column and try to convince your reader to believe what you believe, that's a great part of, of this industry that we exist in. I love both of those types of, of, of written word, both of those types of podcasts and, and radio and all of that. But the idea, and I saw a lot of people really extending this benefit of the doubt that I simply don't, I don't think can exist this way. We say, you know, some of that stuff I think is probably true. Some of it's not, but boy, it's interesting. Well, 
you can't you cannot write a piece based on a true story and then claim that you have the final word on that it's a, it's a horribly irresponsible way to navigate something like that well, whatever you know for a fact if you want to put it out there report it if, if you're an unconventional source you have unconventional sources that does not bother me we have seen that change a ton over the course of the internet age the athletic is not a very old company all things considered and it's a bastion of journalism in in sports media right now that a doesn't clerk, bother me. A clerk broke the Mahomes contract news. Right, right. And she, you know what? You know what Katie was? Shout Correct. out to Katie. Yes. Katie was she, right. And she put her name on it. And yep. she and didn't. She, and it, she, she didn't She didn't go beyond what she knew. She said, this is what I know seems interesting. Right. And she didn't immediately follow it up with, and I only saw those bottles, so Chris Jones is never getting a contract extension, <laughs> which is what it would have been. Like, just say what you know. Get what you know. Make sure you know it, and then put it out there as fact. If you're gonna, you are not gonna catch me out here putting things out as facts that I do not know as facts. And again, I'm I'm not a newsbreaker. That's mercifully not a part of my job very often. But editorialize or report, or if you want to do some reporting and then say, "Here's where I begin editorializing," you can even do that. But if if you have some amount of credibility, it is on you to be the one that is telling the reader what's what. Here's what I know. Here's what I think. We do that on this show all the time. You just have to label it. You have to label it truthfully. Otherwise, you you end up in this space where people don't know, hey, was this thing 100% true or 5% true or 25 or 55 or 75? It, all we're left to do then is to guess. And at, at that point, in my eyes, you have lost your credibility especially whenever then people turn it into, into you know, what you were saying earlier, Seth, of, well, hold on, all of these these reporters with their names on things haven't said anything yet. They must be afraid. Man, it's, these are our jobs, and these are our names and our reputations. Like, of course, we, we have, all, all three of us here have more writing on our reputations covering this team and talking about football because our name is on it. It is directly tied back to us. We have to be held accountable for our dumb things we say and do, which <laughs> of which there are plenty. Accountability is a good thing in that regard because it keeps us from talking out of our room. And I, I don't I, – maybe this is a larger, like, journalism issue in the internet age. Maybe my frustrations extend far beyond this. But that, that part of it has really rubbed me the wrong way where I, I don't feel – the need to be terribly respectful of of something that I think we've all now seen and, and heard you saying what you know, Nate. Putting putting out a bunch of ideas and saying some of them are true, you guys figure it out, is a really unfair place to put a reader in. That's all. That's all I got, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can, can, can I just... Yeah. Use, yes, go use, ahead. Use go my ahead. only thing, I know that we don't have a whole lot longer We've got a whole offseason to talk about the Chiefs offensive line. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And and I reviewed 518 snaps, guys. I'm tired. And then Um, ChiefsFan.Substack.com. Yes. Yes. Orlando Brown review coming to you Friday, hopefully morning. How many snaps did you say you reviewed? 518. Eight games. Okay. And so now the fun thing is 118 of those, Seth just made it up. But you have to take the whole analysis is true. Well, and that's... that's You see what I mean? Like, that's... It's part of why, like... People don't trust pro football focus's grades because they don't know their process. And that's a fair criticism. Um, it's a place to where you can say like, oh, it's a good place to start. But I don't. So when people ask me about it, it's like, well, I, I think they're doing their best, but I don't know their process. So when they say an offensive lineman has a grade of 80, for me, it's like, okay, one person who watched the tape, maybe two people who watched the tape came up to 80 out of 100 with an algorithm that I don't really understand. 
Mm-hmm. But that's something. It's more information than nothing, maybe even quite a bit more. But one reason why I talk about how I do what I do so often and why I show what games I looked at and how many snaps and this guy, because there's there's accountability there. And that matters, right? Because otherwise, look, if I just wanted to make up crap, I could easily just watch a handful of snaps from eight different games. Mm-hmm. Take a screenshot from it with my preconceived notion, you know, or a little video clip and claim that me showing one snap of Orlando Brown getting beat by Trey Hendrickson shows that Trey Hendrickson owned him in that game. And you know what? At this point in my career, people would believe me. Mm -hmm. But it's because I haven't done that, that I think I'd like to think people believe me. And and taking shortcuts isn't a great way to go. And that's where I think, you know, and and people view this as disrespectful. Well, I'm sorry. But to me, when you extrapolate facts, that's problematic. And I think that's where people need to, like, it really does matter getting it right. And, and that's just something that, I mean, because these are people. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, Like Patrick Mahomes tweeted today about how weird people are. And that was in direct response because how people talk about him and him and his fiance. And man, that would tick me off if I were him. But like these are people. Like and and so I just I, I the whole thing makes me a little bit uncomfortable. And I, I just wanted to on a lighter note, um I could be wrong here. I don't know if there is a contract in the NFL that gives an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator play calling rights away from the coach. I'm not aware of one of those existing. Maybe it does. I don't know. But let me just tell you, when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs, Nate, who has all the juice in that building? Oh, actually, actually, can I, because there's a specific phrase I like to follow here. Hey, Nate. How much of the vote does Andy Reid get, according to every person who's ever worked for the Chiefs? <laughs> they they publicly say it's fifty one percent, but we all know it's 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 in practice it's more than than just fifty one percent. There is there is that dude in that building, and he listens to Brett Veach on scouting stuff, and they they you know Veach is the GM. Andy Reid learned his lesson about managing personnel. Um, in Philly, but <clears throat> I, I just, I, the number of people who are willing to believe that Andy Reed is going to give up a lot of that is interesting to me. That, that's the only thing I'd say on that. I just want to shout out, uh, can we, can we get her <coughs> full name in here? Uh, fellas, I'm, I'm not great at pronouncing names if I don't know them off the top of my head. Katie Camlin, is that right? Yeah. 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 Okay. I always get nervous when I'm pronouncing somebody's I'm horrible at pronouncing people's names. I ask people with very normal names how to pronounce them sometimes just because I get afraid that I'm going to call, I, you know, here's Kermit Kermblin. It's like, wait, that's not, you say Kermblin? Yes. That's not right. But, but yeah, as, as we mentioned earlier, Katie Camlin, you know, uh, exclusively, uh, you know, right place at the right time, uh, was able to say, hey, the Chiefs are going to lock up Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, or, or give the you know sort of the, the the tip that hey, this this appears to be headed in motion. One of the best parts that we get to do as media people, as reporters, broadcasters, analysts, um, we get to inform the public. It is a service, and hopefully, we you know people when they receive good service can acknowledge it and then have a greater appreciation for it. And one of the best things about 
uh, Katie's experience was like, oh, there's so much that goes into this. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's cool. Um, and, and so, you know, what I hope our listeners get from this, much like I hope from any episode, whether it's during the season, in the off-season, obviously um, reacting to something as it's happening that that is obviously newsworthy, is like there's an appreciation for all the work that has that has to go on in this profession to do it at a decent level so that you have more information about the team that you care for, about the team that you give season tickets to, you know, or pay money for season tickets to, or pay money for God knows what, you know, uh, single game tickets, jerseys, you know, like trips to, I know there are people who booked trips to LA and then Mm. subsequently had to, Unbook those things or just move those. Where the Super Bowl next year? Can I just can I just move? Can I just move my assets one year later? <laughs> so I just you know when, when I when somebody mentions her name, I just remember years back just how how cool it was for people to say like, oh now I now I have even a greater respect for reporters or for people who are trying to provide proper context and information at a rapid pace compared to when I first got into this thing. <laughs> there was no Twitter, kids, when I first started. Now we doing this at such a fast pace that, you know, um you could skip steps or, you know, or make mistakes and that's understandable cuz we're human, but I just, you know, I'm always I'm always appreciative that there are in my belief more people like Katie and less people who are unwilling to put their name on something and are unwilling to acknowledge the expertise of others before trying to, I don't know, insert themselves into a discussion, but obviously do something that uh, is is honestly kind of slanderous to somebody's reputation. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Do you guys know that it, uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald's full name is Francis Scott Key Fitzgerald? I did not know that. Did you know that that Francis Scott Key is Francis Scott Key Fitzgerald's distant cousin? What? I know. Huh. It's crazy, right? <laughs> I just felt like we needed a segue. I've had that tab open for a while. Uh, let's, uh, you guys want to talk about other Chiefs things for uh, a, a little bit before we wrap things up? I got a couple got, minutes. We got a couple minutes to do that. Uh, I, I want to circle. Well, you know what? Let's let's do this because I think actually, Seth, you'll you'll probably lead us into this in, in terms of something that Nate wrote about in a uh, a team piece up on the Athletic. But you wrote over on the Chief of the North newsletter. Your uh, if I was Brett Veach, part one, uh, looking at what the Chiefs should do, can do, need to do. People should go read it. We've yes. talked about this. Uh, it's it's a fun piece, even though it ne- didn't necessarily require the nine hundred hours of film watching that the Orlando <laughs> Brown Jr. review the review brought. Go read that one also when it when it's up there because uh, I, the, that's, a lot of, that's a lot so of snaps. Long. <laughs> it takes a lot of snaps. so long, guys. All right, uh, but but you you did take a few things on from the the off season plan side, and uh, I'd I'd love it if you'd pick one or two that you think is most interesting or, or most important. And uh, one of them I know is something that uh, that Nate's written about. Um, I think the biggest thing in terms of the the off season plan. I think it's so important to kind of take a look at the roster from, you know, 10,000 feet in the air. And and we don't have to talk about the salary cap, do we? Like, no, the Chiefs can make room with restructures no. and yep. some cuts. Okay. 
they they can make room to where if they want to make a couple, like yeah, literally two, and then maybe a, even a slightly smaller one, like some splash signings, they could. They, they'd have to move some stuff around, but they could. Yes, and still, you know, extend Hill and still extend Brown. And I mean, they could. So with that in mind, the biggest thing for me is trying to figure out like what the biggest problems were consistently with the team. And so really, especially with the playoffs and the way they unfolded, like we were talking about, for me, the first thing I would look at if I were Brett Veach, and that's kind of how I always look at this, you know, if I were Brett Veach, what would I do? I would really look at the defensive line and say, okay, Spags is he builds his defense from the the front back. Yep. Um, hopefully, with with Sam Madison going somewhere else, they still get high level production out of corners without quite as much investment. Well, they should really think about retaining Charvarius Ward, but whatever. Um, I, they want to work from the front back, and we saw in the playoffs how important pressure is when you've got good quarterbacks. And we as Chiefs fans have known this for a while, right? Uh, coverage, I think, is king in the long term. But on a snap-by-snap basis, on those you know individual plays, man, there is nothing like a good old-fashioned one-second pressure <laughs> to mm-hmm. really screw with. You know what I mean? Because that's like when games are on the line, it's usually third down, right? Mm-hmm. It's usually a passing down. It just moves the needle a little more. And the Chiefs right now, the, the cupboard is pretty empty at pass rusher. Um, if you're talking about what they've gotten from Clark over the totality of the last three years, they've had two stretches of really good play and then a lot of pretty... Uh, um, they've got Jones, Ingram's a free agent, and they just don't have the juice in that pass rush that they really need if the defense should operate. If they want the defense to operate at the level that it should. So that's the first thing for me. That's the number one thing, and there's a bunch of other things they can do. But if they really want to jumpstart the defense, and for as much of the conversation as the offense gets, it was still top three in offensive efficiency. Again, the the offense is good. Um, If they really want to jumpstart the defense, I think the pass rush is where you do it the most. And they could make some aggressive moves there. So that, that that's the first thing I'm looking at this offseason. Now, Seth, or uh, Nate, this is crazy, but I just was scrolling through on TheAthletic.com <laughs> and you and 31 other reporters covering their teams on The Athletic have done a little piece looking at each team's position of greatest need. And I'm curious, I haven't, of course, I haven't read it because I don't read, but I'm curious what you, what position group you think is of greatest need for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um... It's the team. It, it's the unit that was part of the reason the Chiefs only had um, what was it, thirty-one sacks this season in a, in a seventeen-game season. Whew, that's all. That is that is underwhelming. Oh. And, a pretty, and a pretty high blitz percentage again this year because Spags, you know, yep, yeah, because Spags, mm-hmm. Spags going to Spags. Not, that's not even a bad thing. It just makes the it makes the sack numbers even worse. Yes. <laughs> yes. So it is the defensive line. Whoa! What? Um. When Seth said that, I rolled my eyes. But when you said it, well, I got to think it back. You know, Seth is a proficient analyst, sir, and, uh-huh. and his his contributions to the game are of note. Um, yeah, it's 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 the defensive line. Um, I would say everybody outside of Chris Jones. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which like whew, whew. now, uh, you're gonna read hopefully relatively soon because I wrote it today. Um, you know, but I looked at God, they're 21 
unrestricted free agents uh, mm-hmm. on the Chiefs. One of the more interesting ones is Melvin Ingram. Uh, my thought there, which I'm kind of giving away now, is, hey, the Steelers signed him for one year, $4 million, with some voided years so that they could, you know, cap-wise make it work. Because he played well in nine games and and got the one sack on Joe Burrow in the playoffs. How, how about a one-year, $6 million deal with some incentives along the way uh, to encourage you, which was more than the Chiefs offered last time in free agency when it came to Melvin Ingram, which is why he signed for one year, four years, four million, excuse me, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So um, there's a case to be made there. But yeah, outside of Chris Jones, there could be a lot of shuffling um, with that group. One other guy and position group that I wanted to touch on is uh, Seth. You've you you wrote a little bit about the secondary as a whole, both cornerback and safety. Well, let's go the other way around here because I, I just I'm going to ask every episode. Nate, have you have you anything new on the Tyron Matthew front? No, this is going to go all the way up until free agency. Is my understanding as of right now? Um, get ready, y'all. Get 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 ready for. I'm not ready. Just just get ready. It's it might not be pretty, and I want people to understand this too. He might be the highest paid safety a month from now, and I'm not joking. Now, should a team do it? Eh. But that's free agency, ladies and gentlemen. You out here bitten against other teams' bids, and things get out of whack, and he might be the highest paid safety a month from now. How does that make you feel, Seth? I don't know if that's the route that I would go in terms of uh, resource allocation, uh, in terms of highest paid. I think. Uh, well, some team gave Jamal Adams $17 million a year, and where yes, they at? Yes, they did. <laughs> And, and they make and mostly where, good decisions. And right? where are they at? What, who is them? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I, I think Tyron Matthew does so much for the defense. He does a number of things that are important. I just don't know, again, if that's the way I would allocate resources um, based on everything else that's going on, based on some of the safeties that are available on the market, based on Matthew's age. Um, yeah, he's 30. I just, He's going to be 31, I believe, later this year. Yep. And and he's already not because of injuries. And he admits this. He had to learn to play the game differently, right? He was a force of nature athlete in college and, and early on in the league. He then will he got be, hurt. He will be 30 later this year. Excuse me. He's mm. it, It's it's a funny thing we do at The Athletic where we give your – what I think what Shield Kapadia does, which I would also recommend, he's come out with his top 75 free agents ahead of free agency – uh, if you're a mm-hmm. Chiefs fan, you're like, Orlando Brown ain't going to be on that list, right? Right, <laughs> right, 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 right? Like, free agency starts on March 14th. He ain't going to be on that list, right? He, he, You can you can just remove him from the webpage. Uh, but as of right now, he's technically a free agent, ladies and gentlemen. But the way Shield Capati has done it is, um, what is your age when next season begins? And Tyron Matthew mm-hmm. will be 30 when that when that occurs. Yeah, and so it's not like he's it's not like he's ancient, but it, it's at least worth noting. Um, and so I, I just it, it would be interesting to me if that's the route they went in terms of 
in, in terms of resource allocation because the salary cap is super flexible. We always joke that it's fake. It's not entirely fake. What's important, it's not really about what you spend, it's who you spend it on. And for as much as Tyron Matthew has done for the Chiefs of the last three years, which has been a lot, uh, a ton, the question is, do you think he will do as much over the next three years? And if not, then you can't really do that. You don't do contracts based on what they've done. You do it based on what you think they will do. What? And Go ahead. No, that really, that really was it. I was just saying and for no real reason. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. One possibility to give Chiefs fans hope and hold this to your heart. I know it snowed today in Kansas City. I know it's cold. Warm yourself up with this in your blankets with your hot cocoa um, and your footsies. What about a possible three-year deal? That quietly is a two-year deal masquerading mm-hmm. as a three-year deal. Yeah, and, that's a different gig. And, 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 if one team is offering you the highest paid money a safety can have, perhaps that team isn't as competitive or as contenderish mm-hmm. as the Kansas City Chiefs. So that money could be somewhat negligible. Because you can make that money up in postseason roster bonuses to some degree or overall endorsements based on you staying good on a good team. Just hold just hold that hold that hold it over. Let it keep you warm. That's a ch- <laughs> there's a there is there is a chance. But it's sounding like it gotta be a three-year deal. That's kind of a two-year deal. That's like, hey man, we trying to win championships. And as our capologist Seth suggests, we got some other holes on this roster we need to fill out, homie. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's pretty reasonable. Especially if they say it to him like that. <laughs> are you saying are you saying Brett Vies, Brett Tillis, Chris Shane he might not be Andy might not be saying it like that it is, man <laughs> I think they'd be I can't tell whether they'd be more or less likely to succeed if they called and had Brant talk to Tyron Matthew like that he might be so thrown that he's like uh okay I guess uh, maybe I should call my agent but nah it seems reasonable I guess yeah, yeah, yeah I'll sign it they, they, the contract has to be printed up in their hand at that let's, point they just slide it over like. let's, just, let's just name some random team uh, and this is where I get to be like fun Nate alright dog um, yeah I just got off the phone with the Jets mm-hmm. yeah they want to give you 19 million mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and uh, and look hey hey, the, you know uh, the Rams you know Eric Whittle ain't coming back they got some injuries uh, I just finagle 20 million out of them does, does my same argument hold weight now, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's and that's what happens with free agency. Um, there's some good safeties on the market this there year. There are. There are. Hey, 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 hey. I know people are like, and I floated this out before. Hey, you know, what if Tyron Matthews, lawyer Malloy? Oh, I don't want to say that out loud, but what if he is? And where's the next Rodney Harrison? His name might be Jesse Bates, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. I like Jesse Bates. That guy who can don't, play. Who don't like Jesse Bates? No, 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 look. Now look, Cincinnati, hey, y'all got to get that offensive line fixed. But, 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 hey, you know, 
if you want Jesse Bates to be your next Rodney Harrison, I mean, there, there are possibilities there, too. That's all I'm saying. If Cincinnati, you know, moves elsewhere because they don't want to get their quarterback killed, which seems reasonable. Yeah, that's fair. Just to go back onto the point earlier that occasionally teammates fight, you just you said Jesse Bates, and it really bummed me out to think about the world where the Chiefs have Jesse Bates and T. Higgins instead of Breland Speaks and Clyde Edwards Elaire. I know that bringing that up is going to mean that Seth's not going to talk to me for three the days, Jesse, but it was a choice I had to Je- make. What did I do? I'm just sitting here. Hey, hey, the Jesse, the Jesse Bates one has a little bit, more, has a lot more weight to it because, again, ladies and gentlemen, when I started covering this team, I was like, look. I thought I did an adequate job looking up these these prospects. I ain't never heard of Breland Speaks. Uh-huh. Oh, that was uh-huh. What? They, uh-huh. they, yeah. Let me. Oh. And, and, and God bless Breland Speaks. Great kid. He got injured. It happens. Uh, maybe there was talent there that the Chiefs knew that they could uh, tap into. But once a guy this gets in. college tape was not good. Well, hey, here we go. You know, and this hey. is this is reasonable, ladies and gentlemen. Seth, where was where was Breland Speaks? Never. Don't say the backfield. That's rude. He was never on the ground. <laughs> I never I remember. On the ground. And I just that yeah no the whole thing yeah that that was a bad draft. That was a really, this is how really you know draft. where we're at right now is we're talking about Breland Speaks at the end of an hour and five minute episode on February twelfth. <laughs> yeah, right 17th. now, Kent February seventeenth. Like, I can't I even tell get these guys right. to record his show. Uh, He's like wondering why his quality of life has been so much better for two straight weeks. Yeah. Like. He's Kent has lost five pounds, like has grown some hair. He's already a good looking dude, by the way. I was gonna say, why he's, are you why are you telling Kent he's, he's gotta get thin and grow better he, hair? Yeah, he's already a great looking guy. <laughs> I haven't met he's Kent in person, but his avatar, he he's, he's he looks like he's in good shape and has great hair. Oh, okay. For the love Why do you hate Kent? Okay. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a freelancer, so I can say whatever I want. It's a, <laughs> it's it's a joy to do what I do. But I'm just saying, I guarantee you, over the last couple weeks, he's gonna wonder, like, oh, why do I suddenly have some indigestion? Like listening to these guys talk for an hour and five minutes about some stuff. We talked about some stuff. I don't think he's wondering. I think he knows why. <laughs> it's us. Uh, let's wrap it up. I know there's more that we can talk about next episode. Seth's got a bunch of stuff up on the uh, the Chief of the North newsletter, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. You can go, and we didn't talk at all about uh, Orlando Brown Jr., but that, that piece should be up very, very soon, I believe. Plus, do the Chiefs yeah. need a third pass-catching weapon? The pros, the cons. Uh, Seth took a look at all that as well, and as Nate said, he's got a piece coming around on the Chiefs' upcoming free agents up on theathletic.com. You can find me on your local street corner, uh, reading printouts of uh, <laughs> articles on the internet and telling about the end times. Um, thank you for joining us yet again. You know, this is weirdly our unofficial start to like the off season. Um, huh. So I just want to end. I just want to end it with this question: Who is the editor in your life? Okay, because we all need an editor. We all need that person that's like, I don't know if I phrase it this way, or is that true, or is like, hey man, does this make sense? Like, or, hey, what if we structured it this way? And, like, we just sort of worked it through a little bit. You know, um, I have two editors in my life. One is actually my editor and one is my wife. But (laughs) I just want to ask the Chiefs Kingdom editorial board, who is the editor in your life? But for everybody else who listens to Time Czar's, you know, appreciate the editor in your life because editing is really, really important and is like a value that we should not underappreciate. So 
that's my thought of the day. That's my question to you. Who is the editor in your life? And um, tell them that you love them. Tell you tell them that you appreciate them. And even when you get in an argument, like, just don't let it ruin what you got going. Because what you got going, I'm sure, is a good thing.